once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the C-Squared Podcast. This is a special, special, special edition because uh, I am joined with Aaliyah and we are here today as well with Pedro and Flight of Icarus, uh, who are both YouTubers, I guess, YouTubers, I, I don't know what to call them, journalists, YouTubers, critics. Not journalists, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have any credentials. <laughs> but, uh, but we're here to discuss with both of them and shortly as well, Belgian Jasper. Uh, about YouTube, and we're going to ha- have a little bit of a discussion about YouTube reviewers, interviewers, and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, so first of all, thank you guys for joining us. And uh, I want to turn it over to Aaliyah for the first question slash introduction. All right. Um, first things first, welcome to the round table. Um, would you please um, go around and introduce your channel which type of content you focus on, interviews, reviews, or other, and a mix. And let's start with you, Flight of Icarus. Yeah, so my channel is Metal Trenches, and it kind of started as a podcast. I like doing interviews, but I just don't have enough time to coordinate it as much anymore. So it's mostly now reviews and high focus on like discography tier lists, band tier lists, genre tier lists, that kind of stuff. And some shit talking too. Well, just for fun. <laughs> and Pedro? And and for me, I mean, we, we started off as a reaction channel, therefore the name ANP Reacts, and then we branched it off and uh, you know, we started doing some uh, concert reviews, some album reviews. I think that's how we got started. And then from there escalated into interviews, vlogging, and now I think we we kind of cover everything that we can possibly cover. I don't I don't I don't think there's anything left for us to cover. Yeah. Cool. So um, I'm going to start with the very first question then. So um, I guess we're going to go reverse order this time. Since we started with uh, Fight of Icarus, we'll start with Pedro. So what is the philosophy behind your channel? The philosophy is to have fun. I mean, really simple. I know know it sounds like a cliche, but, um, you know, we're not here to make money. We don't monetize our channel. So money is out of the window. So that doesn't drive what we do. It's really about me and my son hanging out with each other, listening to music, talking about the music that we listen to, that we love and discovering new bands. And then obviously if by association we can expose some new bands to a new audience, absolutely amazing. That's one of the things that we love to do. And then I'm not going to lie, obviously being able to meet and talk to bands that I listen to on a regular basis uh, and build some friendships outside of YouTube with those same bands has been like the best thing ever. Uh, I mean, maybe the second best thing ever. The best thing is hanging out with my kid because he probably will watch this. So I have to I, I have to say something good about him. So hanging out with him is the best thing ever. And then the second best thing ever is meeting the bands and, um, and, and getting to know the people behind the music. Cool. We got to get him on the channel or on the show one of these days. I keep meaning to uh, do that with you and then keep forgetting, but we have to. But anyways, um, so... Flight of Icarus, what about you? What's your philosophy? Yeah, so you just mentioned music discovery, and that's definitely like the main focus and kind of driving force behind everything that I do. It started off as the, the primary focus is always exposing people to more underground groups, but as I've kind of like evolved and figured out what works and what doesn't, it's also been a means to expose people on the other end of the spectrum too that are like super true cult only underground metal it's like hey you might actually like corn you never know like give it a shot yeah so and it's been fun for me as well to discover you just mentioned before we started sabaton like i've never really been into power metal but i dove in with with their discography and i'm like a sabaton fan now like sign me up that shit is fun so (laughs) it's fun for me to discover music that i've been sleeping on for a long time and get to enjoy and then my favorite comments on the videos are when people are like dude i've never heard of this band this is amazing like i just bought their album and stuff like that so that that makes my day cool 
Um, just as a quick follow-up for Aaliyah does, does the next question, if, if possible. Um, do Okay, so do either of you guys ever have a plan to expand beyond music or is it just music only? Do you want to go first? I'll, since you were Either the last way. guy, I'll, I'll, I'll let you continue. Yeah, I mean, I love a lot of other stuff. Like, I'd love to talk about, like, movies, because I'm a huge film buff, like, big Stanley Kubrick and, uh, like, David Fincher fan. Like, I, I love all, all that kind of stuff, too. But, I mean, the way YouTube works, like, it, it's, it doesn't, it's not wise to do that. Like, if you stretch your channel in too many directions, it just... Uh, confuses the viewers like people like to have like a very specific focus and i'm becoming like with every video just more and more aware of like what my viewers want to see and so if i were to do that i'd probably just start a completely separate channel to do that but just with my time the way it is now i'm i'm more than there's more than enough music <laughs> to talk about so i'm fine just kind of sticking with that cool uh I'm not that far off as well. I agree. I think I think if I was to, I mean, I have other interests in in life. Uh, some of them I'll just keep them to myself. But uh, you know, I, I would you know that I would like to maybe dab, but that would force me into another channel. I barely have time to keep up with the demands that this hobby of mine have created. Never mind creating a second a, a second channel. And then I also think that uh, it, it would limit. Uh, a, a lot of my movement in that second channel, because it doesn't matter how much you separate yourself, people will always associate you with 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 my main channel, which would be AMP Reacts. And I don't want something that I do elsewhere to, you know, create a cloud over something that I'm doing somewhere else. It doesn't matter how much you try to separate those two worlds, people are always going to find a way of, of painting them together. And I don't want that. But within the music, within YouTube, I mean, to answer your question a little bit, and I really enjoy the interview side of the things that I do. So if you ask me where I would like to take it, not necessarily outside of music, but more towards interviews and doing that more on a professional level, I would absolutely love to do something like that. Nice. Well, that answer is one of the pieces of the puzzle to a successful and sustainable YouTube channel. But what do you think are some of the other pieces to the puzzle? Um, Pedro, do you want to start? I, I, I think I, I see a lot of channels coming and going. And if you look at the channels that have had more longevity, um, I, I think the, the common denominator is that people are really doing something that they enjoy to do. They're not doing it just for the clicks. They're not doing it just for this, just for that. So I, I see that being, being an, an aspect that works. But I also see that the popularity that your channel gains also impacts the longevity of the channel itself. Some people start off the channel thinking that, you know, I'm going to do this because other people are doing it. And I expect to have the same amount of followers, the same amount of views. And then when they don't reach that goal, they start to lose interest. They start to see that maybe the work that I'm putting in is not really being compensated back in terms of the viewership and, and, and whatnot. Um, so, I, I think having that specific idea in mind in terms of I'm going to do something that I want to do, that I like to do, not necessarily concerned about everything else that's associated with, I think that's key. Excellent. Um, so we don't get too sidetracked. I'm going to have Flight of Icarus answer that question and then welcome Jasper to the chat and, and I will ask you some questions in a minute. Yeah, so, I mean, as we saw in that the previous time that I was on here, like I could get really micro level with this, but I think what's really like popping into my head right now is like, know your audience. Like when you're starting your channel, like be really clear about what you want your audience to be and don't have it just be like, you know, people who like metal or whatever, like be as specific as possible. Like I want to engage people who want to explore and celebrate finding stuff that they haven't maybe listened to before and then target all of your content in that direction find a, a format that works and you can tweak it but like stick with it as much as possible like consistency is key because you got to remember that what you want is not really what your viewers want necessarily like people are coming to you they they subscribed because they liked something you did and they want to see more of that 
whatever that is. And so if you can start to, and I'm, I feel like I'm still slowly figuring out and whittling away at what works and what doesn't, but getting better and better at it. And I, I think you just gotta, you gotta be really clear. I think of it as like a Venn diagram too. Anytime I'm like deciding on what video to make, it's like, what do I wanna talk about? What do I know my audience really wants to hear about? And what's that like in between territory where I can really find something that's that's gonna take off, it's gonna grow the channel and both I and the audience are going to enjoy it equally. Excellent. So Jasper, again, welcome to the round table. Um, would you please introduce your channel and tell us a little bit about the type of content that you primarily focus on, whether it be interviews, reviews, or a mix of other things. For sure. And uh, my apologies again for being so late, everybody. Um, absolutely. Um, so my, I'm Jasper from the Belgian Jasper channel. Um, started a year and a half ago. I'm located in Toronto. I'm not the only one here. And um uh, yeah, started out just because I had this passion in me and I wanted to share it and I, and I didn't really know, um, I, I think, uh, you know, previous comment was very true. Like you have to, you both have to understand what you're trying to do and what people want to see. And um, instead of trying to figure it out from the get go, I just want to get started and, and, and learn a lot uh, as I went along. Never had the intention of becoming an interview channel just to kind of make videos about heavy metal and certain subcategories. But by almost by accident, uh, I'm now predominantly an interview channel. I, I never do reviews anymore, really. I'll do some videos of like, hey, albums of the year, stuff like that. But uh, I would say that 90% plus of my videos are interviews. And, um, and I think that's also a bit of a, a testament to that. Um, what, you know, the previous comment was very true. Like you have to understand what sticks and try to refine that. But especially as you're getting started, you won't know what that is and you need to try some a few different things and yep. take feedback um and uh and and yeah like i said i by random almost did an interview with somebody got great feedback on that that led to another interview and that kind of got a ball rolling and now i spend most of my time on interviews but yeah consistency is very important in finding a formula for sure let me just add one thing to that because when i started my channel we were just doing reactions but not just reactions we were actually doing reactions to bands and songs that we had never heard before mm -hmm. in a way that it, I'm going to try to rephrase it, phrase this the best way possible. The, the listeners, the viewers were introducing us to bands. That's how our channel started. Now, if you look at our channel, we're introducing the viewers to bands. So mm -hmm. the roles have reversed. The growth has reversed. And, and to go to what both of them were saying is that when you start, you really don't know. You have to start with something that you like to do. Then obviously things morph, things grow, things goes in the other place. But just to give you an idea, our reaction channels when we started was people introducing us to bands. Now we're, we're the ones introducing the viewership to bands. So it, 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 it creates a different mechanism. So we've lost some, I'm sure we've lost some viewers from that early stages because that's not what they want. And I, I'm sure we've gained some because they find this more appealing. So you're never going to please everybody. I think at the end of the day, you have to do something that you like. Yeah. One, one thing that I want to add to that is because um, there are there's a ton of reaction channels now. And, you know, Pedro's channel is one of them that always stands out. And one of the reasons for that, I think we can all agree, is that, uh, you know, Pedro and it's not just Pedro, obviously, but there's a there's a genuine passion that is shown. And um, it's really tough to find something that no one has ever done before. You know, like it, it there, there's millions and millions of people creating content, whether it's YouTube or anywhere else. So um, with everything that you do, I think you have to, and that's that Venn diagram that was talked about before. It has to stay within the boundaries. I don't know if that's the right word of what you truly are passionate about, because that passion will show, you know, that's why we all like certain bands and think other bands are shallow because we can see that a bit, some bands are really doing something that clearly they're invested in. And uh, I, it, there's so much fake content out there uh, or by fake people, let's call it. So uh, I think that that really is important. And, and you, you know, be open to feedback, be able to adapt, but don't like, don't throw yourself out of that mix. That, I think that's very, very important. Also, I love the fact that Shield of Wings hats are worn here. I should have grabbed mine. It's somewhere here, I promise, Elliot. It's keeping me warm here. It's cold in Toronto right now. Excellent. Well, very I'm glad cold. to hear that. Very cold. <laughs> it's cold here too in Chicago. 
Um, that answers quite a bit. I noticed none of you said having a good camera or having a good lighting or having good <laughs> lighting is central to having a good YouTube channel. I don't well, know these two guys right here, but when I started this channel, I had the worst freaking camera possible, but the people that inspired me to start this channel, shout out to Galactic Criminal, uh, the, the dude it was doing it in his living room with a house that looks like, like a bomb went off in a merch stand. There's like shit everywhere. I mean, who am I to talk? I was in the kitchen. But what I'm saying to you is that the bar was so low in terms of, of what I thought the channel requirements were. So the lighting is good. I mean, I've upgraded on the lighting. I'm sure these guys have upgraded since the day that started until the point that we're here. But at the end of the day, people don't care about the lighting. It doesn't matter how good that shit is. If what you're putting out there doesn't have any value, uh, you know, like the packaging itself becomes irrelevant. I mean, it's, it's important as you grow. But for, for those first steps, I don't see that as being the main key driver that mm -hmm. or like thumbnails with people doing old faces i just don't see that being the it factor you know yeah i mean pedro we all we not all of us look as great as you do so like some oh. of us do need that light on us but <laughs> what I, I i'll say I'll, I'll say one thing though um you know i the moment that i decided to start this channel and then my first video there was a lot of frantic research and i was checking out you know, people, there's a million videos, by the way, on YouTube about like getting started on YouTube and doing this and 10 things to do and 10 things not to do and blah, blah. Yeah, and same. I was watching all of them. And the reality is, is that, you know, the, even with all that quote unquote preparation, if I now look at my first video, I cringe incredibly. Same. Like you're only going <laughs> to find things out once you get started. Now, uh, the content has to be there. That's the number one thing. Then does it help? Absolutely. Audio volumes, right. You know, HD camera, better microphone. It is all important. Um, but that content has to be there for sure. And you're the best, the best advice anyone can ever get is if you want to start a YouTube channel, the first advice I think should be is start a YouTube channel because you're yeah. gonna learn a million more things in your first week of actually having content out than in the months you're doing your research uh, for that. Anyway, my take. Yeah, there are there are things you can only learn by doing it. And, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, like when I started, there was no video. I was just recording through my iPhone. So the audio was terrible too. When I did interviews, I was recording out of a speaker into <laughs> the phone with both of our, and then I just slowly, you know, picked up on figuring out how to connect things within the computer and use Audacity and find free programs to edit, get the lighting better. Like it, you figure it out as you go. And same for me, like you look at some of my older videos and it's just like, oh, but, but it's kind of cool, too, because I'm like, wow, I can't believe people still enjoyed watching this because like somebody still watched it. So, you know, the fact that you could be that engaging, despite the fact that your video looks like shit and you've got like crackling audio like th that you can take that as kind of a compliment, too. For sure. We just call it true cult in metal, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, Ali, it's my turn now, right? Are we done? Okay. Make it sure yeah, we can move on to the next question. Cool. Let's make sure I'm on the right track here. So um, I guess I'm going to start with Jasper since uh, we didn't start with him yet since he just uh, popped in. So um, what factors could lead you to choose to cover a smaller band rather than a bigger band? Well, I mean, uh, well, there's a couple of things. Number one, um, there is a certain, and I think everybody, uh, we talked about this before in a previous uh, podcast. I think every metalhead what unites us all is this desire to show people, preferably from outside the metal community, how awesome something is. Uh, and that's just something that we all have. And then within the metal community as well, right? Like most conversations between metalheads go like, have you checked out this band? And this is why you need to do that. So there is a, there's a certain level to that, uh, that you just want to share. And especially if you found something, a little nugget of a band that is not very famous, but that you very much like, um, you want to share that. You want to help that band. Um, that's one thing. Um, so when I do now non-interview uh, videos, um, content about, you know, really awesome stuff that came out or whatever, um, I do like to include some more unknown uh, bands for that. Uh, you know, not necessarily just to give myself street credit or whatever. Um, from an interview perspective, 
uh, and, you know, as I got started, the bands that I interviewed were smaller than the bands that I interviewed today. And that's not necessarily because I was trying to spread the word on those smaller bands. That's because when you are, you know, Jasper, who has at that time, maybe 200 followers uh, after one month of YouTubing, uh, you know, Metallica is not yet going to take your call. Um, that's just the reality. Um, now it's come to a point that um, I have to say no to about 80% of people that reach out to me when it comes to interviews. I try to do two, three interviews, publish two, three interviews a week, which keeps me quite busy already. Um, and so, yeah, I, I if I get an opportunity also as a fan to interview a band that I've been, you know, adoring for years, I'll, I'll probably be more inclined to take that opportunity than a smaller band i do like to interview smaller bands for two main reasons to be very honest number one is i found something that i really like and i want to spread that word uh, that that definitely is a factor second um and this is maybe more the the sales guy or the business guy in me that comes out is um if i say yes to three four smaller bands that a label or a pr agency is trying to push then um, I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll score some points and I'll be considered quicker if that really big band uh, has room for two, three, let's call the, let's call ourselves DIY journalists, um, you know? So, I mean, that's all part of it, right? So it's, uh, uh, we have to be very transparent here, but uh, yeah, I know right now it's, I'll, I'll definitely support a smaller band. There's bands that reach out to me. I've interviewed bands that have less followers than me. Um, and because I thought that they had really cool, cool, uh, uh, cool product. And also I appreciate that mentality. Like I was the person sending messages on Instagram and Facebook and emails to bands in the beginning to try to get them interested to be on the show. So I, I fully understand where they're coming from when, you know, they're releasing their first self, you know, self-produced album. And, um, I, yeah, I, maybe it's just because we recognize a little bit of ourselves in that, but uh, I, I would say that's, that's where I'm at right now with younger bands. Or not, sorry, not younger bands necessarily, but, you know, bands that yeah. are a little bit under the radar still. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. All right. Uh, what about you, Flight of Icarus? So if I had my way, I would almost exclusively cover the smaller bands. Because, again, like, that's sort of what drove this whole decision to start this channel to begin with. But going back to that Venn diagram again, that's what I want to talk about. And realistically, unfortunately, that's not what most people want to hear about. And I've gotten to the point where, perfect example, like uh, this awesome progressive death metal band, Allegion, is dropping their next album tomorrow. Excellent band. They have a pretty solid following, but they're not big by any means. And if I were to do a standalone review on Allegion, I could expect, if I'm lucky, like maybe around a thousand views. And the other thing to consider too is that of those thousand views, probably 75% of those people are already aware of the band and are just coming to hear my thoughts on it. Mm -hmm. I don't really consider myself to be a review channel. I'm really more of a recommendation channel, the way I look at it. So I don't want to serve videos of bands to people who already know the band necessarily. So what I did instead was Corpse Grinder is also dropping his album tomorrow. Everyone wants to hear about Corpse Grinder because like, you know, it's Cannibal Corpse. Like they're, they're massive. They have a huge following. So what I did instead is I did a Corpse Grinder review, knowing that that'll do much better, which I dropped it today, and it is doing even better than I expected it. And I, within that review, right in the middle, I snuck in a little shout out to a Legion with a clip, and I'm already getting a few comments within that review of people being like, oh, thanks for the, the shout out for, for those guys. Never heard of them before. They sound awesome. So like, that's what I've been kind of like tweaking. Cause I also used to like try to do a little mini review at the end for something else, but then you'd watch the retention graph just drop off right. as soon as you, it's like, as soon as they're, you're done talking about what they came for, they're out. So you gotta like be tricky about like, okay, how do I like sneak this in? Because people just realistically, most people, they're, they're afraid of new things. Like they're not really willing to take that leap. So I have to find ways to kind of like, shove them in front of it and be like look at this and and so that's where the lists come in too where all my end of month lists tend to have a lot of smaller bands on them too because i can just say like best bands of february and a lot of people will watch that and then i can shove in as many smaller bands within that amidst the the bigger releases makes sense uh what about you pedro well i i'm uh 
I'm a narcissist, so I honestly I don't give a shit what people care or don't care. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I want to do. It's my channel. If you don't want to watch it, don't fucking watch it. I honestly don't give two shits. So I, I must be the only guy here who doesn't look at any analytics from his channel. I honestly I don't. Oh no way! There's no I way. Don't. Really? I don't. I believe it. The only, I believe the only it. Analytics that I check is where's my viewership coming from? What country are they coming from? That's oh. it. And that's oh. just out of pure curiosity. Since I'm Portuguese, I'm in Canada, and so it's like. Are, are people coming in because I'm Portuguese? So they'll have this thing. Oh, you know, like, you know, my brother from the homeland or whatever. Like, are people coming in because I'm Canadian? Like, I, I just have that curiosity. I don't check if the video is doing well, where the views are. I, I'm, I'm not bullshitting. I'm just being honest. I Because I honestly, I don't care. I just don't care. But to answer, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying personally, like, I just, I never been into that kind of thing. So I, I don't really care. Shout out to Allegion, great band, great album. One of the best albums to come out this month. Just want it's to say fantastic. that. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely phenomenal. Um, what was your question? Interview coming out <laughs> on Saturday, by the way. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> the actual question, Pedro, was basically what would make you choose a smaller band over a larger band? All right, I'm with Jasper on a lot of the things that he said. I'm 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 on on board with him because, first of all, I like to do the small. I, I, I obviously prefer to do the bigger ones. I mean, if like I'm with Jasper, if I can interview like today, it hasn't been out yet, but I recorded today an interview with Phil Demel. I mean, if I get a chance to talk with Phil Demel, I grew, I grew up listening to Machine Head, listening to violence. So if I can talk to that guy, it's just absolutely phenomenal. But I also will talk to the guy who's in a band, like he said, with less followers than I have on my channel. I, I don't I don't discriminate from that perspective. For me, it comes down to, did I dig the music that they put together? If I like the music and enough to like be curious about how did that music come about, I'll talk to that band, regardless of the following, regardless of how big they are. Any of that shit for me becomes irrelevant because if I really love the music, then I want to know more about the person who made it. That, that becomes the discovery for me because I'm so intrigued by this new sound, by this new music. Uh, a legion for example talking to riley was phenomenal to like dig a little bit deeper into how everything went into making the album because i was really blown away by the quality of the record so that's what drives me so i don't really look necessarily at how big the band is it's about the music that they created and how much of that music i'm i'm, I'm becoming a fan of or i'm already a fan but i also want to add to something that jasper said which is sometimes you do take some smaller bands because you 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 also don't want to burn bridges and and I look at it from a perspective that if if a label or a PR company come up to me and and let's say they're they're doing PR or they're or they're a massive label and they have big bands there and and they've always been good to me in terms of setting me up with with the interviews that I've asked for and then they say come to me and say hey you know we have this smaller band coming up would you mind chatting with them about the record yeah, I'm going to say yes, because, you know, I feel like if you scratched my back, I'm going to scratch yours. That's just the way things are. But I always I always make sure that the band that I'm interviewing, I have some sort of connection. I cannot I honestly I cannot interview a band if I don't like their music, if I didn't like the album. I just can't because what am I going to ask these people? Like, what am I going to talk about? So I have to have a genuine understanding or liking or at least appreciate the effort that went into making that music i may not like the album but i at least appreciate the effort that went into making it so and and for me that's that's the beauty of it smaller band big band it's it's about discovering and and talking about the bands and finding out what drove them to make that sound fair enough um yeah i don't have a you're muted you just you just muted yourself Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> And there you did again. Um, okay, well, I'll move on to the next question then. Um, and this is kind of a intended to be a fun question. So uh, let us be the judges of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will, I will. It you might tell. be a really shit question. So you, just, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, what video's success has been your biggest surprise? So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I thought about how to phrase that question so yeah no no for sure i mean <laughs> uh, pedro doesn't even know which video was successful because he doesn't look at the <laughs> metric so you can't answer that question uh but i'll, 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 I'll i can't i'm gonna let you go first because <laughs> I, I don't know what to sure. say 
Uh, I can uh, I, I can share a few things. I mean, because there are videos that you expect to do well um, and, and that also do well. And, you know, uh, I definitely don't just put I'm also not in that stage yet that I have such a following that I can just rely on the self-sufficiency of that. So when I post a new video, I'll make sure that in every fan group of that band or that genre, that video is posted. And like, it, it, you know, you put some work into that. So you also know how much work you put in and you expect to see some results there. But um, there are videos that uh, uh, videos that that did, definitely didn't surprise me is when it's a very special project um, or if it's an exclusive. So um, my best performing video so far um, is still an interview that I did with um, uh, Kate Richardson Alselmo, the the wife of Phil Anselmo and the you know co-manager of Housecore Records and basically managing all of Phil's uh, labels. Sorry, all of his projects, which are many. Um, as far as I know, there's no other, at least no in-depth uh, video interview with her available. Um, and so, uh, it it that is still the, the most watched. It still gets a lot of views today. Another one would be I did an interview with the voice of Bacheprot. You know, the three young Muslim girls from Indonesia uh, who are defying all the rules. That's something you don't get to do every day, right? So, so those stand out. Uh, but then there's like, yeah, there's flukes for sure. Uh, sometimes it's hate driven. Um, uh, one of the, so I did an interview with. Uh, hate uh, sells, unfortunately. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I wasn't hateful in the video, but I interviewed Jeremy Spencer, who was a drummer of Five Finger Death Punch and now is the front man or somewhat the owner of the, uh, it changes names every few releases. Psycho but Sinner. <laughs> psycho Sinner, Psychosexual Before, something else before that. And let's just say that that is a band that causes some passionate remarks. Um, and I see every week in those metrics that, yep, another that video is over a year old now, uh, but it still gets a, a ton of views and probably the most commented on video that I have. And most of those comments are really terrible. Um, and uh, uh, I am not, I, you, you know, don't say. Yeah. And, and, and so that one keeps going uh, and I don't think that will ever stop. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's once sometimes you just have some magic that you know that it's going to do well. I had an interview with Charlotte Wessels, uh, the former singer of The Lane, where she completely opened up and she actually, you know, at some point broke down crying and it was a very emotional interview. Um, and so that one continues to score really well. But you expect that because it's something that you can't really see anytime. But yeah, sometimes there's this fluke. And, and you know, if you there's you can use one, you can ask one YouTube specialist if you should do very short videos or if you should do much longer videos. I have the last video that did pretty well was a video in three minutes where Arian Lucasen from Arian and Star One explains in three minutes why he fought Britney Slays or how he discovered Britney Slays of Unleashed the Archers and why she's one of the best. And that video was only three minutes and it went from nothing to 15,000 views in like overnight. Um, and then there's videos that are also short that don't perform at all or there's so whatever. So it's it's a bit of hit or miss, but uh, sometimes you just know um, that that this is something special and you feel really warm and fuzzy about it. And sometimes it doesn't work, you know. Wants to go next, John. I mean. Doesn't matter to me. I'll, I'll jump in since I'm already talking. <laughs> um, I think the biggest surprises, which is in a way I kind of envy Pedro on this, is like the disappointments usually, I feel like. Like there are certain videos where I spend a lot of, because part of it too comes down to there's certain videos I spend a lot of time editing. Like I like putting in those little like comedy edits and putting in the song clips. And sometimes it's like a labor of love and you're excited about it and then you launch it and like nobody fucking watches it like that is really disappointing but on a on a more kind of positive angle i think circling back to our earlier question on like and and what jasper was saying about just get started my top viewed video is still my very first tier list that i did with no face cam it is just a screen capture of me with the tier list talking over it with really shitty audio and it's just me ranking new metal bands. That is still, that it's very close to being toppled. I think this will be the year where I start to get more stuff that kind of like uh, overreaches that one. But obviously like it's it's been on the channel so long that it's it's had time to grow those views. But it, I'm looking at it right now. It is still outperforming 
everything it's always like every time i think it's going to get overtaken it, it it picks up a few more views again so again to you people out there who are thinking about starting a channel just do it because you just never know like if your topic is is uh it connects enough with enough people then it doesn't matter even if they can see you whatsoever so yeah that's my my little thing well to add my two canadian cents to this uh i'll, I'll say that my most viewed video, I know which one it is. It's it's Bad Wolves Zombie, the cover that they did. And it has like a quarter of a million views, something like that. I honestly don't know how it has a quarter of a million views. That video is cringy as as hell, for lack of a better word. Um, maybe that's I why. Mean, <laughs> maybe that's why. I mean, I, I, I remember the video because I obviously knew the original song. So it was me introducing my son to the cover, to the song through a cover and what it meant for me listening to that original song back when I listened to it. So maybe people connected with that experience uh, of, of this, you know, the, that father-son experience. Maybe that's what drove the views. I, I honestly, I don't know. I think I have, I think we have way better videos on the channel that should have way more views than what they do. But that one, for some reason, it, it is what it is. Sometimes you can't explain these things. It's just whatever, whatever happens, whatever people want to click on. Um, but as, as far as other stuff, I mean, it's, it's really interesting. Like, I agree. Sometimes you, you do something that you think it's going to be the next greatest thing and it's not. And sometimes you do something as stupid, uh, as a three second clip of you pulling your zipper and then adding the voice of King Diamond. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and that gets a lot of views. So it's, it's, it's so hit and miss that if you, I feel like that, that's why I don't look at it because that, that I think that would start to uh, affect me in terms of the content that I create because then I would do certain things and I would just do others. So by not looking at it, I kind of like distance myself from it. But for me, the, the, the biggest reward, more than views, to be honest with you guys, the biggest reward for me is when either a band shares it on, on Facebook. And I, and I understand that a lot of the times it's not the band that's sharing, it's their PR people that have control of their Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and they're the ones sharing it, but it doesn't matter. It's still there. And that is super cool. But when somebody in the band actually reaches out to you and they said, you know, I, I, I listened to your video. I listened to your review, man, you were spot on. It's like you were in the studio with us when you, you know, like you, you nailed it. This and that to me, like, I don't care if that video has zero views. The fact that the person who made the music is acknowledging the effort that I put in into my review and, and giving me that kind of feedback back that to me, that, that is, that is it. Like that's a mic drop. And I'm like, I'm, I'm happy with that, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like for, if people are listening to this with the idea of learning from us to get started, if their goal is to get so many views with metal based videos on YouTube so that they could really earn a living out of that. You're in the wrong I niche. <laughs> I have, I have bad news for you. But uh, so like, I mean, and that's also why, you know, the people that, because consistency is really important and, and, and uh, YouTube algorithm is important using the right tags and all the kind of stuff so that if YouTube recommends a video versus not, you will see that uh, in the popularity of a video. Um, all of that is important. Um, but uh, yeah, and extra views and more subscribers, that makes it easier for you to be prioritized when a PR team is looking at who are we going to give, you know, popular band, we've got five available slots who are going to give it to there's a million YouTubers out there, right? So, um, so, so that it, it all, you know, builds on top of each other, but I, I agree with Pedro, like, you know, having it's bands also, talk about uh, yeah, you or so, talk to you. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. It's also the relationships, as you know, that you build with those people. Exactly. And sometimes those relationships become more important than the viewership or, or anything else. You start, Absolutely. you start to connect on a one by one basis with, with these people and, and, and you become friends and then, you know, even though your channel may not be as big as some other channel, they tend to kind of squeeze you into the front of the line a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Personal relationship. A hundred percent. Exactly. Um, and, you know, uh, with that relationship, any relationship is important. Like, you know, trust is important, but also having some level of, um, I think uh, uh, our videos, all of us, we all make very different videos, but we are definitely not the clickbait type kind of people. And um, I've had it more than once that a PR team will introduce me to a band that is, especially when I got started or just a few months after I got started, we're, we're way out of my league. Um, but then they'll actually say like, hey, this is one of our more respectful interviewers. You can guarantee that he, he's 
properly prepared. He's not going to try to do an aha gotcha moment. You know, I every single time before I release an interview, it gets checked by a PR team, or at least I give him the option to do so. Um, and and you build that trust in that personal relationship that way. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many small things you can do to be professional, um, and that gets that gets um, rewarded. Um, there's there's a lot of people in the metal community that are not. And I'm not talking about people that are working in the scene, like working for PR teams or labels or what have you, but fans. There are a lot of people that are maybe don't have that built-in confidence or, um, you know, social skills that, you know, metalheads are not always famous for. Um, and But if you can bring that to the table and you show that you're reliable, you show that you're always on time, you show, you show that you can plan well in advance, um, that helps a lot. And, and, and buying Starbucks gift cards to label people helps as well. Well, I didn't know about that. <laughs> right. I've, I've never done that. I'll, I'll give you a quick anecdote. Um, what, I, <laughs> what I'm saying here is that, um, so when I just got started, I had a very do-it-yourself mentality, right? So I went to a couple of bands and I, you know, Ali and Curtis have heard me tell this story before, but, um, you know, I knew when I got started and I had the, the bug of, I want to interview some bands and I went to mid-level bands, let's say, I wasn't going to their management or their PR team or their singer or their guitar player. But I would find a way to have a personal message sent to the drummer or the bass player, the guys that never get invited to an interview that would love to talk um, and you kind of sneak in the back door. And I did that a few times to kind of get some traction. And by the time that that was happening and some videos were coming out, I started all of a sudden getting on the radar of certain labels. And those labels were like, how did you set that up? And so I... I started my YouTube career by burning a few bridges with, and, I, and, I, and I rebuilt those bridges with Starbucks gift cards. And, uh, you know, some people at labels are still laughing about that, but that translated into a, a really good working relationship now. But uh, uh, so sometimes you can bend the rules a little bit, but make sure that you uh, uh, do it with the right intentions and that you make amends. It's funny that you say that because uh, when I started doing interviews, I also didn't do it through PR or through the label. I just, Same. what happened yeah. was we would do a reaction video and then the band would share it. Then we're like, oh, if they like the reaction video, maybe, maybe there's an opportunity here for us exactly. to talk about, about something. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how it started. And then what happened was my, I would say probably my first 10 interviews or so was either me reaching out to bands and bands agreeing to come, somebody from the band agreeing to come on the channel. Um, uh, Anna Murphy from LVT, like I sent her a message and she's like, yeah, for sure, man. I, yeah. you know, I was blown away. So, uh, but also then when you did that interview with that person, I, I remember some people in the business, some, some band members were like, you know, I really enjoyed chatting with you. You know, would you like talking to this guy? He's in this other band. And then, you know, like that kind of snowballed. I, I believe the first time that I talked to Rob from Epica was because my buddy has seen from Winter Sun, they're good friends. And they're like, hey, you know, I can set you up with that interview. Or even Ginger, the first time I interviewed Tatiana was because of somebody from another band that they had tour with. They put yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's kind of how it worked. So it's incredible. You never know when you open a door, how many other doors become open after that one. So yeah. it's, it's absolutely amazing. I, I will say to that, though, like um, once you realize the machine that is involved, like you also have to, once you have that seat at the table, which all three of us now have, um, you have to respect that as well. Like, you know, there's nothing worse for a PR person that is that lives in, let's say, randomly New York that is running, an, let's say, Austrian label PR. Uh, it's not easy for somebody like that to manage, you know, oh, see, has a band in this time zone, has certain time slots allocated, other people have other time slots allocated, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, you hear there's a conflict because that person is doing an interview with somebody that's not on your radar. Like that's an, a shitty situation for those people, right? So um, I, I would say, less, yes, be guerrilla tactic. But once you are somewhat established, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get more value out of your professional relationship than, than continuing to do some. some, some yeah, some, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, and I don't want to prolong this, but I, I, I've had that, that situation um with with bands that you know like I, i'm friends with the band now so it's easier for me to reach out to the band and say hey you know when are you free can we talk because if we do it that way there's no time restrictions we can talk for as long as we want yeah, if yeah, i'm yeah. doing through the label or pr there's normally a 20 30 minute window that we can talk about right and and sometimes i'm like i i'd rather go through the pr because they're my friends now too so and i don't want to and i don't want to create any any issues and it's it's sometimes as happened that 
you know, I went through the PR and they're like, no, they're not doing any interviews. And I'm like, okay, no problem. Hear me send the text message. Yeah, man, for you, anything, let's talk, whatever. And then I get a message back. Yep. How did you, how did you get to talk to them? They said no interviews. And I'm like, and then I, I have to arrange something with the band. We're like, okay, if they ask you how we got this done, you contacted me. I didn't contact you, something <laughs> along those lines. And, and sometimes that's the road you have to take, but you have to be really careful because at the yeah, end yeah. of the day, this is their livelihood, right? Like this is their, I mean, for me, this is a hobby for them. This is their business. So you have to keep that in mind and you have to exactly. be very, very respectful of that. Well, let's um, move on from the interviews philosophy here and into some more questions. Curtis, you have the next. I have the next question. So we're going to start with uh, Flight of Icarus. Uh, he's going to be put on the spotlight and we're going to ask him, how do you deal with negative comments on your channel? I, I find them hilarious, honestly. Like, because I, I can just like picture the person behind the comment. And then the other thing too is that like, you know, I'm in my mid thirties and I work in mental health too. So I deal with like so much worse <laughs> on a daily basis. And like, I was just having a conversation on our discord about this today too, that like people who do like shitty or even like monstrous things, they're just like broken people. So at the end of the day, like my reaction to those is generally either pity or like, this is hilarious. I'm just going to go in with it. And, and my favorite comment to leave too, in response to those, because I do respond frequently. I'll just be like, thanks for the engagement. Because at the end of the day, the fact that they commented boosts your video signals. So I tell them, I'm like, you know, I don't think you know this, but you just helped me. So thanks. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm on with my day. So it really doesn't phase me. On occasion, somebody will comment something where I did like fuck something up and it does get in my head at, like where I'm kind of like, oh yeah, I should have said that differently or whatever, but that's pretty rare. I mean, for the most part, commenters are just shitty people who are, they don't like your opinion. And I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. Like you're going to have a hard time in this world if you can't handle somebody's opinion on music, which is entirely subjective. And I get it on the tier list all the time. Uh, like I said, I just put up an Iron Maiden tier list and I was not too kind to most of the discography really but i always am careful to say i'm like i don't think this is like an objective ranking because that doesn't exist this is art and art is entirely subjective so this is how i feel about it if you love this album and i hate it that's great like we can have a conversation about that too those are my favorite conversations but don't be you know acting like your opinion is the quote unquote right opinion like to me that just is so stupid that it's hilarious so i it really doesn't bother me at all um who should we do next let's do jasper next same question same question um, yeah yeah uh, i mean the first the very first time that i got a negative comment which was like this was before i did interviews so it was really just about me or something that i said whatever my first reaction to that was like oh wow uh, but it was, I think, a matter of seconds before I kind of had to laugh with it. I will say that um, building out my own YouTube channel has definitely helped me get even a thicker skin than I had before. Not that I'm lacking confidence or anything, because otherwise I wouldn't start. You know, everybody has to be a little bit of a narcissist, like Pedro said, to start a YouTube channel. But um, uh, yeah, like uh, it doesn't bother me. Uh, too much. I mean, yeah, I have the same thing with that video of, uh, you know, Psycho Sinner, you know, that the reason why that's boosted is because people keep commenting how shitty that band is. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I try to engage with almost every comment. I, not if it's like flat out, you know, vitriol about a certain band that I interview. Um, uh, but uh, there are times what, I mean, I do monitor that uh, comments because like, you know, today on my very recent interview with Jeff from Annihilator, all of a sudden somebody was posting like all these, you know, conspiracy theory, uh, troll stuff about, you know, COVID's not real and that kind of stuff. And it's like, it doesn't have anything to do with video. Like that gets deleted straight away. Like even before YouTube can, can delete those things, which I usually do. And then um, I did a big spiel uh, last year and I, these are planned to do that again this year or, or even bigger around uh, International Women's Day, where I highlighted like 30 women in uh, March uh, 2021. Um, 
and there are guys commenting about like how you know women don't belong in rock and should be stay in the kitchen and all that kind of stuff and i uh i you know i i just take that out like i have i have uh, no uh, no patience for that if somebody doesn't like music from somebody that's fine if they want to say that i'm not going to be bothered too much um if somebody gives me a comment somebody told me that there was a special place in hell for me because i forget it was like i had a patch of a band on, on my vest for something or whatever like it's silly so you laugh about that and i don't care if it's like it's to me but if it if somebody is just hating on a guest that i have on the show then i don't want to have that on my uh on, on my channel so i will remove comments like that um but yeah i mean most of them are kind of funny uh best part here you know pedro said it, it's really great when a band shares their video i've had band members jump in on negative comments of videos that are unrelated to their band so i knew that they watched the video it's great um where they are jumping in which that's phenomenal right because uh <laughs> it's great to see that you know yeah, that that spirit of coming together in the metal community um so so yeah so most of them are very funny um i totally agree with flight of icarus you know people that spend their time writing negative comments like okay sad life sucks to be you yeah. as as except would say on their latest album it's like i can't imagine caring so much about something that matters so little and it, if it's that important to them i'm like man well, you gotta you gotta get some other stuff straight in your life then well, yeah. well do i have the stories for you guys so uh <laughs> let me put it this way i i i i there's certain words that are blocked on my comment section now I, because I don't want those words on, on the comments and I may, I may miss them. I may miss that comment and I don't want that kind of stuff there. So I have certain words blocked from the comment section altogether. Outside of that, if, if, the, if the comment is negative, not now, but at the beginning of the channel, if the comment was negative towards my son and if it was negative in a way that it wasn't, that it was just hurtful, like just right. really plainful, hurtful, and he was a young kid at the time. He's 17 now. He, when we started the channel, he was 13. Uh, and I didn't want him reading those comments and feeling self-conscious about them. So I would remove those comments and I would ban those people because I don't think they had any positive intentions with what they were doing. You know what I mean? So plain and simple. And if that's the attitude that you're going to have, then I don't want you commenting here. Now, moving forward to where we are today, I don't care about those comments now anymore because he's old enough that he can read them and he can digest them differently than he could when he was 13 so i let them stay there i don't mind comments that are negative towards me or towards the band depending on how far they go now we've done a, we did a video for life of agony uh on the channel and before i press play on the video from life of agony i said i don't want to see any comments about transgender trans nothing like that in the comment section Maybe you don't like the band, totally fine. You don't like the song, totally fine. You have whatever views you have about the music, totally fine. You can comment, whatever. The moment you cross that line, you cross that line and that's not going to happen. Regardless of how I feel about it or how you feel about it, keep it to yourself. I don't want that kind of conversation in the comment section because it spirals out of control. And I don't want to give people a platform to have their hate spewed all over. So it's, it's just not going to happen. Now, as far as comments, negative comments, whatever, I'm cool with everything, but if you cross the line, you cross the line. And we've had a few people who clearly crossed the line because they're, they're in every comment was negative. It was not like a, a negative comment here because I don't like the band. I don't like this. I don't like your interview style. I don't like the interview you did. This other guy did a better interview. So why the fuck are you here? Go watch the other one. No, nobody's putting a gun to your head for you to come and click on this freaking video. So once you start seeing that pattern, and you've seen that every single video, the same person has four, five, six, ten comments in the same video. I mean, I'm not joking here. Ten comments in the same video, all of them negative. Then what am I doing here? I know that mm -hmm. I, my son is like, just let it, let it go. Let it go. Let him talk. Whatever. It's like, dude, no, it's, it's draining. It's draining. It drains the other people around because then people don't want to comment because they know that person is going to bombard them with replies. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's not positive. So those people, in my opinion, they, they have to get the message that they're not welcome. And, and we had only maybe one, two cases like that on the channel um, of somebody who was constantly negative, just like nothing positive to say. 
even before they were, they're commenting is even before I press play, I know this video is going to be shit. Okay, so if you know it's going to be shit, why are you pressing play? You must have no life whatsoever. And and you know what I mean? And I and I see that constantly, and I'm just not going to give those people a platform to spew it. Now, we've thought about doing a video where we pick up the best hate comments and do a video about those hate comments, similar to you know, late night TV when they do the mean tweets. And I, you know, I thought about it and it's like, nah, because that's what they want. We're going to give them a platform. <laughs> We're going to say their name. We're going to read their comment. I, I'm not, I'm not about doing that. So to me, there's a fine line. If you say that I'm bald and I'm fat and I don't know what I'm talking about, I honestly don't care. You can say whatever you want. Um, if you say that the bend is shit or if you say whatever, I, I'm totally cool with that. But if I start to seeing a pattern where every video you're commenting in the comments are always negative are always the same then I just, you know, life is too short. Yeah. One of my other YouTuber friends, uh, <laughs> the metal meltdown, he does do that. Like he'll do videos on uh, the hate comments. And I kind of like it because the, the flip side of that is that he gets to generate views and ad revenue from their hatred even more directly and just gets a real kick out of it. And like me and, and uh, another Canadian YouTuber, uh, Mad Mike, we did a toxic fans tier list at one point too, which was a big hit. So, I mean, sometimes there's a little bit of schadenfreude in there where you get to like take their hate and then like <laughs> turn it into something beneficial for yourself. So well, you can, I, that I, can I be fun video, too. I had a video this week. I can't remember what it was, an album review. I can't remember what it was where the guy said that your reviews suck. And then I see that he has an icon that says he's been a subscriber for three years. And I'm like, so I was like, wow, it took you three years to come to that conclusion that my reviews suck. And then he said, okay, I'll fix it. And he unsubscribed, like that's going to hurt my feelings. And then another person came in and said, well, I've just subscribed so that I can compensate for the idiot who unsubscribed. I mean, the pettiness of people at the end of the day, I feel that most of the people who have this sort of hatred are people who cannot do any better. And they're actually jealous. And the jealousy is what drives that hatred at the end of the day. Like I had a guy in the comment section telling me that he's happy that Lemmy died before I got to see Motorhead live. I mean, what does that say about the person making the comment that you're happy that somebody passed away so that I wasn't able to see the band perform live? I mean, that says more about you than it does about me. So that kind of shit, I, like I said, you, you're just exposing who you are as a person in those comments. And, and that's all there is to it. Yeah, I'm sorry for writing that comment, Pedro. I was out of line. I apologize. Oh, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't you because you're more elected. I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just. A hundred percent, it wasn't you. But you know, like this, this same person that I'm talking about. We have another show that we do on out of line music, mm -hmm. uh, which is more off the cuff and different top. This we blocked him on our channel, so now he comments there. Then he added me as a friend on Facebook, and he would just post on my wall like your son looks like this or you look like, like seriously. Like, so I just, I, I give the person chances to like, okay, you know what? Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm being too rough, whatever, but no, like this is just who they are as people. And, and when yeah. people are like that, there's really nothing that you can do. The best thing you can do yeah. is isolate them and just remove them. from. It's also, it's also statistics, right? I mean, it's uh, if you have a thousand followers, you're going to have a couple of haters. If you have a, 10,000 followers, you're going to have more haters. If you have 100,000 followers, you're going to have yep. more haters and so on and so on. You know, success attracts haters and uh, and it's, it's very unfortunate and it's just so sad. And it, it probably doesn't, it doesn't justify more of our time, I would say. I, I, like, I, I know I know what you're saying, but there's a lot of YouTube channels that I don't like, but I don't. you don't see me going on their comment section telling them that they suck. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, like, no. It's a special kind of stupid that does yeah. spend their time there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to me, it's it's ridiculous that you hate something so much and yet you're devoting so much of your time to that thing that you yep. hate there's way more positive things to do yeah i can't even imagine <clears throat> i can't imagine having enough time to do that um curtis how are we on time do we have time for the last question uh we are way over time but if we can keep it short uh should be good because okay. uh, i don't want to have this go too too long because i don't know how long people are going to be willing to stick around but it's been good so let's let's just do it all right so Quick answers then, please, to this question. How do you think bands should respond to negative feedback or handle negative feedback? Slide of Icarus. 
man. I mean, there's more than one way you can do it. I, I tend to respect bands the most that like really roll into it. Like they, they embrace it and they like turn it into something fun. I'm blanking on examples off the top of my head, but I, I'm, I know I've seen examples of where bands got some sort of backlash for something and they like turned it into like a straight up song or, <laughs> or implemented it into the music video or something like to me, that's my favorite thing. Cause it, it again, it goes back to what I was saying before, where like, if you can take someone's hate and then spin it into your benefit, like to me, that's just like, I get such joy out of that. There's <laughs> just something so fantastic about that. And then in terms of stuff that's like, it's, you don't even want to engage with, like, just don't like, that's the other better response too, is just the, the bands I've even seen too, where like straight up people are like maybe even trying to cancel them. The bands that are still around are the ones that just don't even respond whatsoever. And that's not to say that there aren't things that you should respond to maybe depending on the situation. But I'd say for most cases, especially when you know what's being said is not true and that it really doesn't matter in the big scheme of things, just ignore it. Like don't, don't even like that part of your brain that, that, alpha male in the back of your brain that tells you like i need to you know own this 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 little kid or whatever just tell it to shut up because you're only going to feed the momentum i mean it's, it's called the streisand effect you're seeing that right now with like chris barnes like everyone's making videos on chris barnes right now because like he felt that constantly feels the need to open his mouth and say stupid shit and then when people backlash to it he continues to feed into it and it just keeps the ball rolling some people do that professionally like fred durst and it's it's kind of a smart marketing strategy if you're doing it intentionally but if you're not then you're just better off shutting up like just just don't even engage if you don't have some fun way that you can spin it into something that is going to help you in some way pedro what do you think i think the best salute the best is not to say anything at all don't 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 say anything at all. We live in a society where people have really short attention span. So what's a big deal today is not a big deal tomorrow. And the more you the more oxygen you give to that fire, the bigger the fire becomes. So sometimes it nothing is better than nothing is better than some shitty something. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna say something, make make sure it's worth saying it. Uh, otherwise, just ignore it, move on. It, it doesn't change your bottom line. Just move on. Jasper, you want to close us out with some wisdom? Uh, sh- sh- I'll, I'll do my best. Um, uh, by the way, uh, for you know, Fly Vicarus, an example of what you were talking about is in this moment with Sex Metal Barbie. Like the lyrics of that song are almost exclusively negative comments that they had on videos that they turned into one of their biggest hits. Yeah, um, I remember that. I, uh, I, I think it, it's unfortunately it's a reality. Like the moment you become big enough, you're going to get negative comments. And I think it is very human to, to, to see those amongst the sea of positive comments. That's, and you know, there's a lot of bands that say like, I don't read the comments. Everybody reads the comments. Um, it, it's normal. People are excited to share new music. And especially now with COVID, like the only way to gauge how is your audience, you know, how do they really think about your song? You can't play a show live right now, or, I mean, to some extent. So you don't really see that, that reaction. So a lot of people are focused on comments right now and on stream numbers. Um, so you're going to do that. Um, and especially for younger bands, because I think bands that have survived some cycles already and that are at a certain level, they are probably at this point smart enough to know that it doesn't matter and they shouldn't give a shit and they probably are easier to walk away from that. But um, I've spoken to some bands that had their, let's say, breakthrough in metal. So like they went from having you know a song that their, their songs would generate a few thousand views that are now getting hundreds of thousands, maybe a million views. And they really released that album in the last two years that put them on the, mar- on the map. I know a lot of them have suffered from that because, and it takes away the amazing, amazing journey that they're on of breaking through. And it's just a numbers game. You're going to get people that want to shit on you because you're getting popular. And I would say, and I don't think this is necessarily wisdom or what have you, but bands that do well, that are on that curve, they tend to also be bands that are taking the time to make sure they have got a good PR team, making sure they, that they are supported by a decent label and they got some people around them. Investing in somebody as a mentor, a coach, 
wellness coach, what a mental health wellness coach, whatever. I think those make sense because I have spoken to to people that when the cameras, when we're not recording, will open up about the fact that it's been sometimes challenging, especially to Pedro's point, when these hates are not about the art, but they are personal and they are meant to hurt you. And okay, sure, when in this moment makes a song Sex Metal Barbie and it becomes a big hit, great, whatever. You know, a lot of people hate on that band um, and they've turned something. But as a younger band, it's hard to do that because you're showing that you are in fact in, uh, impacted by that comment. And um, it will make people that don't deserve that feeling make feel very good about themselves. And uh, I agree with Pedro, like, you know, ignore them. And so, yeah, if you are a band that talks about certain issues and you know that certain issues are really important to you, whether you're a political band or you have somebody that's, for example, transgender, you might make some very simple technical uh, steps to, to ban certain words from, from comments and what have you, just to help with that a little bit, you know? All these small things can help because there's so much that you have to deal with as a newer band trying to make it. And having that stuff distract you, it's, it's, so, it's such a sad thing to see. Um, and it's not worth it. And it's not, it's not deserved. Um, so yeah, there you go. Okay. My thoughts on that. Curtis, do you want to close, say anything in the end? No, I'm good. Let's bring us home, uh, Aliyah. All right. AMP Reacts, Metal Trenches, Belgian Jasper, three of the best metal YouTube channels on the tubes. I highly recommend all of them. And thank you so much, guys, for coming on to our podcast. Until next time, everyone make like a bull and throw those horns up. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.